choose, choose the fear of the Lord. I'll give you guys about five seconds real quick to go ahead and write that down. Choose the fear of the Lord. Once you've already written that down, I want you just to say, got it. And we're going to start with the word of God. Only two people got it. All right, choose the fear of the Lord. I wanted to discuss this because the Lord has really, since Monday, just been stirring this phrase in my heart, and, and I've been studying it and, and just reading a lot of, about this fear of the Lord, and I just wanted to share it with you guys and, and what God was doing in my heart with this phrase. Um, one of the places where the Lord led me to, obviously, if we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord, I'm wondering if anyone here knows where I went to right off the bat, where God took me. I wonder how many of you Bible people would know. Anyone want to shoot it? Where do you think God would lead someone if they're going to talk about the fear of the Lord? Proverbs. Whoever said Proverbs, good job. Proverbs, okay? And that's where the Lord took me. And in the book of Proverbs, um, the wise king Solomon begins to write. And as he writes, he writes so much about wisdom. He talks so much about wisdom. He talks about knowledge. But he really focuses on that word wisdom, in just the first few chapters in Proverbs, in just the first few chapters, he describes the beginning of knowledge and he ties it together with wisdom. Number two, he talks about the call of wisdom and the value of wisdom. He talks about the security of wisdom. Five, he talks about the excellence of wisdom. Six, he talks about the way of wisdom. I mean, just in the first few chapters, it's all about wisdom. I want to go to Proverbs, so let's start off where I started. In Proverbs chapter 1, if you may. If you're taking notes, write this down. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, if you may. Chapter 1, verse 7. And once you're there, I'll, I'll, I'll let you breathe for a second, and then you could give me an amen, and then I'll keep going. Proverbs 1, 7. Proverbs 1.7. Almost towards the middle, right after Psalm. I know you're all cheating because it's on the screen, huh? Proverbs 1.7. We should learn to click on it or open to it, write notes on it. Here we go. In Proverbs 1.7, Solomon says this. L listen to this. And then I'm going to read Proverbs 9.10. And then I'm going to jump to Psalm, which I'm going backwards, where David writes in 111 verse 10. So I'm going to attack these three scriptures real quick. Listen to Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we'll, go, we'll get to that. In Proverbs 9.10 it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, what does it say there? That of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So here you have Solomon write about this fear, and it's a fear of the Lord, and it's the beginning of all knowledge, and it's the beginning of all wisdom. But then when you look at that, you say, well, who else talked about the fear of the Lord? Well, a lot of people talked about the fear of the Lord. But one of the individuals that spoke often about the fear of the Lord, and I want to read a scripture from one of his writings, is King David, which is Solomon's what? Dad, father. So it's really interesting how the son learns this truth about this father, from this father. And David writes in 111 verse 10 of Psalm, David writes this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, 
A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. It's almost as if in the dinner table, day in and day out, the father, David, would talk to his son about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, son. Isn't that neat? The, the transferring between the father and the son, how the father has such a huge responsibility to pour into his son such knowledge, such truth about the scriptures. Isn't that neat or am I the only one that thinks that? Now what's amazing is David became a man one day. Scratch that. Sam Solomon became a man one day and David was old of age. He was going to die and now Solomon had to rise up into power to be the next king of Israel. And there was one thing he did. He went to pray to the Lord. And as a king, the Lord says anything. What is it that you pray for today? And Solomon could have prayed for anything in the world. Lord, I want a huge empire. Lord, I want a beautiful babe. That's a lot of people's prayers in the church. Lord, I, I want uh, uh, billions of dollars. Lord, I want my own private jet, my own eye. I don't know. He could have asked for anything. But he gets before the presence of God. And do you want to know what the one thing that Solomon asks for? Lord, give me wisdom. <laughs> David teaches his son. Fear the Lord. That's the beginning of your wisdom. Solomon gets old and he says, Daddy, Lord, all I want is wisdom. And in his own writings, he repeats what his dad taught him all those years. The fear of the Lord. Everyone say the fear of the Lord. is the beginning of wisdom. And he goes ahead and he shares what his dad shared all those years to him. Isn't that amazing? I hope I could be a father like that to my son. That I could teach my son things. So when I go, my son could teach those that are one day his offspring. It's a beautiful passage when you learn it. So here you have knowledge and here you have wisdom and they're closely tied together. Now, in Proverbs and in this verse of Psalm, we, we see how it's tied together. I want you to, guys just to understand what the difference is. Here it is. When we discuss about knowledge, when we discuss this word knowledge... That tends to focus on the correct understanding of the world and of oneself as we stand before God as creation to our creator. Knowledge is, is just an understanding and having a correct understanding about this loving God and, and, and about this world that we live in and even about ourselves. Just having this, this knowledge in our mind. But when you look at the word wisdom, totally different, but yet connected to knowledge. Wisdom is the acquired skill of applying that knowledge rightly. Because the truth is, we could have all the knowledge of the world, but be the dumbest people with that knowledge, the foolish people without that knowledge. We could have millions. We could be the uh, millionaires in this earth, but yet what? Lose it the next day. Because your knowledge might have gained you the millions, but your lack of wisdom is what lost it the next day. So, so when you look at knowledge and you look at wisdom, totally different. Knowledge is about facts and about truths. Wisdom is being able to know how to apply those facts and those truths. Knowing how to bring them into your life. It's an acquired skill of applying those things rightly and how to bring judgment, how to discern, so on and so forth. Everyone understand? But that's not really what I want to stress today. I will go back and talk about wisdom and stuff, but the phrase... The fear of the Lord is what I want to mention to you today. The fear of the Lord is mentioned 
about 18 times just in the book of Proverbs. 18 times just in Proverbs. When you start to look through the scriptures, it's written about roughly about 27 times in the Bible. The fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Now when you know, you know when something is repeated 27 times, God was trying to what? Tell you something. He was trying to emphasize. He was trying to make a point. And we could definitely agree that the fear of the Lord is emphasized in the Bible and should be taken seriously. How many of you could say amen? amen. And you might be asking, well, what's the fear of the Lord? We'll talk about it. We just read three verses. Proverbs 1. Proverbs 9. Psalms 111. And in these three verses, they teach that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom and of all knowledge. It's showing us that, and I need you to catch this, guys. One that does not live, one that does not have the fear of the Lord lacks wisdom and lacks knowledge. Because it's in that fear, in the fear of the Lord, where wisdom and knowledge begin. In Proverbs chapter 1, Solomon, as he begins to write of such wisdom and knowledge, he goes on, he goes on, and he goes on in his penmanship. And on verse 22, he throws out a question. If you have eyes, you could look at verse 22 for a moment. And in verse 22, what is the question that King Solomon asks his readers? Here it is. How long, you simple ones, will you love? Now, what's the word he uses? Simplicity. How long, you, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? So I said, this is odd. Solomon is calling simple people, that, calling them out from living in simple lifestyle, in a simple lifestyle. So I began to look at that phrase, and I said, well, what in the world does simplicity even mean here? And it kind of wowed me. Maybe not. Maybe it won't wow you like it did to me. But when I saw the word simplicity in the Hebrew, it literally means this. Catch this. The word simplicity in chapter 1 verse 22 means silly. Not only silly, but it also means seducible. Now that brings a whole different change to this scripture. Because when we were to grab the exact Hebrew of this passage, and it says, how long will you simpletons or simple ones? Continue to live being seduced. How long will you continue to live being what? Silly. Now that's a whole different phrase than just simplicity. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about. Because I truly believe that this scripture is talking about people who believe. Listen to me. Those who are in the faith, but that there's a problem with them. And that problem is... That they've chosen to live a life in simplicity. And that's who I think Solomon is attacking. He's attacking a certain people that they've chosen to live simple. You see, people that find themselves in a place where their ideas, man, if you could really just get this, your life, I believe this, because it's the word of God, will be transformed today. In a place where these people's ideas, where their faith in God where their very own doctrine that they stand on and believe in so firmly, where it's wavered. It's wavered into these silly beliefs, and they've been seduced to a pattern of thinking that is contrary 
to the way that God thinks and the way that God is. And that's who I think Solomon is speaking to here. He's speaking to a bunch of people that call themselves of the faith. But as they are walking in the faith, they live seduced by the things of this world. And Solomon gives a cry and says, how long will you live in your silliness being seduced every single day while claiming your God? Man, that's good. That's good. It's really good. really good and then Solomon goes deeper he calls these simple ones he gets a little strong with them you know when you get a little brave you ever met someone they start off being friendly with you but then they start getting brave with you and they're like kind of went over the line man we're good friends but you can't talk like you know what I'm saying but so Solomon starts getting brave and he begins to write and he grabs these individuals that he's talking about in Proverbs 1 And he begins to call these people fools. He begins to call them the word that I used earlier, simpletons. And he's basically saying that if you've wavered, the result of such wavering, listen, has left you with, oh man, has left you without the fear of the Lord because you've wavered. You know how many people I know have wavered and they don't fear God anymore? I wonder how many of you are sitting here and you've lacked the fear of the Lord because you've wavered from your truth. Am I talking to anyone today? I I wonder how many people have have opened this scripture and at one point of their life, it was so alive. It made your heart beat. It made you salivate. Remember those days? But nowadays, come on, when was the last time you've read this and your heart jumped inside your chest? I I wonder how many of us have just wavered from faith and wavered from from things in our lives. And and here is Solomon, and and he's crying out to these people, and he said, you've wavered. And because you've wavered, the result of that wavering has left you without the fear of the Lord. And when it has left you without the fear of the Lord, it leads you to lack knowledge and lack, lack wisdom. Because the fear of the Lord, church, is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And that's what Solomon is saying. You've wavered. You don't have the fear of the Lord. And because you don't have the fear of the Lord, you're no longer knowledgeable. You're no longer wise anymore. Have you noticed that you're no longer standing for something or living for something, but you are wavered and your knowledge and your wisdom is just like the knowledge and the wisdom of this world. You no longer stand against darkness as light. You no longer are triggered to defend something that was different, that was pure, that 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 was just... drawn out of you in a whole different form but now you've wavered and the fear of the Lord is no longer there and your knowledge and your wisdom has left you and you've gone to be like them and that's what Solomon is drawing the people to and and, and he's telling us he's telling us this it's not about your studies it's not about your position it's not about your experience it's not even about your age that makes you wise and knowledgeable it's about the fear of the Lord in a believer's heart That's why you could be young and you could preach before 60s and 70-year-olds. Because your age does not matter. What matters is that the fear of the Lord is deep in your heart and the fear of the Lord is what drives you in knowledge and in wisdom. 
That when you counsel people, you don't counsel them out of your earthly knowledge, but you counsel people in the knowledge of the gospel of God. That when you, when you use wisdom, you don't use your own human wisdom, but you use the wisdom that is found in the text of the word of God. And that fear of that word, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all of your knowledge and all of your wisdom. How can you, how should you, how would you waver and stray away from that fear? Powerful. Powerful. And Solomon is, is talking about the fear of the Lord. So, so let's define what a fear is because, man, why would God want us to be so scared of him? They wanted us to love us. There, there's a scripture that says that now we could come into his throne of grace. So if he wants me to enter freely into the throne of grace, why then is he telling me what? To live in the fear of the Lord, to choose fear. Well, it's because we're not understanding what fear means. The word fear, it's not just dread and terror. Guys, get this. The word fear in this passage and passages in Proverbs and throughout the scripture, when it talks about the fear of the Lord, the Hebrew word for that word, it deals with your morale and your reverence towards God. Totally different. Totally different. It's that God is so holy. It's that God is so loving, that God is so righteous. It's not that you're so scared to go to hell. That's not fear of God. You see, we as Christians don't serve God so that we don't go to hell. We as Christians serve God because we can't see ourselves absent from the love of our God. I don't serve God so I don't go to hell because I know I'm not going to hell. I serve God because how can I not serve him? How can I serve another God? And God says what? The fear of the Lord. That's wisdom. And that's knowledge. You've chosen to serve me and me only. And the fear of the Lord. So he goes on, Solomon, in Proverbs 1. Look what he says about these people that have wavered. Look what he says about these people that have not chosen fear of the Lord. I don't know if this is you. I don't know if it's me. But, well, I know if it's me or not. But, but let's just get into this. I'm going to read verses 28 through 33. Then I'm going to read it from the message because, so you can see how he words it in the message. Watch this. Verses 28 through 33, it says, Then they will call me. This is the Lord speaking here. And when they call me, I will not answer. They will search for me, but they will not find me. There's my meetings many times. I just don't, I don't feel God. You don't fear God, you mean? No, I don't feel God. No, no, no. You didn't mean to say I don't feel God. No, it's like I don't feel him anymore. No, you don't fear him anymore. No, you keep messing. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I don't feel him. No, but I'm telling you, you don't fear him anymore. It has nothing to do with you feeling God. It has everything to do with you fearing God. Amen. You could tweet that. I was, I was God. But that's, that's amazing. Because when we catch that it's not a feeling, that it's a fearing, man, then our fearing of God develops into this person that we can't contain ourselves from being. But watch what he says here. He says, they're going to call on me, and I won't answer. They search for me, and I won't find them. And then they say this, they hated knowledge. Watch this. Why did they hate knowledge? Because knowledge is the beginning of what? Oh, sorry. Knowledge, knowledge comes from what? What's the beginning of that? Right? Fear the Lord. We just learned that. So he says this, they didn't chew because they hated knowledge. Why did they hate knowledge? Why didn't they have any knowledge? Look at the next verse. Look at the next part of that verse. Because they did not choose the what? The fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of that knowledge. And that's why there's an absence there. Watch. Let's keep going here. Let's keep going. 
It says, verse 30, were not, they were not interested in my counsel, in my direction, in my leading. Even in the word that you could use for that is in my correction. They rejected it all. They rejected all of my correction. They will eat the fruit of their way, and they will be glutted with their own schemes. For the turning away of the inexperienced will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Look at verse 33. But whoever listens to me will live securely and be free from what? From the fear of danger. Because when you fear God, the Bible teaches us that you will no longer fear man or fear anything else. So you're free from fear when you fear him. People, we went to Israel, our Israel group. You're not scared. Because if God has a day for me, it'll happen there or it'll happen here. I don't fear death. I don't fear life. I don't fear those things. Why? Why can't you, how can you live like that? Because you fear God. And when you fear God, you recognize that creator is over creation. And there's nothing that creation could do when he's in the fear of God that could step him outside of the will of God. So if God wills for me there, God wills for me here, God wills for me everywhere I go. Because if you are in Christ, is you, are you not in the will of God? The fear of the Lord. So we are in the fear of the Lord. We are safe in there. We are free from, from being fearful to all these other things. Let's look at how the message calls these people. He says, since you laugh at my counsel and you make a joke of my advice, how can I take you seriously, the Lord says. I'll turn the tables and joke about your troubles. Wow. What if the roof falls in and your whole life goes to pieces? What if catastrophe strikes and there's nothing to show for your life but rubble and ashes? You'll need me then. <laughs> You'll call for me then. But don't expect an answer. No matter how hard you look, you won't find me. You don't fear me, he's saying. Look at the next part. He says, because you hated knowledge and nothing that you do, you do it with the what? You don't do it with the fear of the Lord. You don't do it with the fear of God. You wouldn't take my advice. You brushed aside all of my offers to train you. You've made your bed. Now you got to lie in it. You wanted your own way. Now how do you like it? Don't you see what happens, you simpletons? Comma. Should we skip this part? You idiots. Carelessness kills. Everyone should say that. Say that, say that with me. Carelessness kills. Complacency is murder. First, pay attention to me, and then you relax. Don't just live relaxed and not fear me. Fear me, and in that, I will bring you peace, is what he's saying. And now you can take it easy. You're in good hands. Why do you think when he calls the disciples to follow me, things are going to get bad for them? Did you know that? In a few years, they were going to die. Some of them were going to be what? Her heads would be chopped off, burned alive, dragged through the streets, dismembered with a sword. He says, follow me. And then he says what? My yoke and my burden is what? Easy and what? And light. How are you going to say that if I'm going to die in a few years? It doesn't make sense. You should say my yoke is very difficult. My burden, it's heavy. But instead he says, no, it's easy and it's light. Why? Because when you choose to live for me and fear me, no matter what circumstances or obstacles you enter, I will bring you peace and comfort and security even in the midst of danger. Even when they come at you with a sword and they go to slice off, I'm telling you that in there you're going to sing praises of my name. Watch how I do it in you. That's ah, impossible. I'll never be able to worship you in that manner. And God says, yes, you can. When you learn how to live in the fear of the Lord, I will draw those things out of you. It's powerful. 
I don't understand how the disciples did it, but now I'm getting it. They lived in the fear of God. So when swords and when horses and when chopping blocks were brought to their attention, those things didn't fear them because what feared them more was saying no to Jesus. The fear of the Lord was their knowledge and was their wisdom. Not a sword, not a chopping block, not lions, not a coliseum built by Herod or anyone. It was the fear of the Lord that gives me knowledge and wisdom. That's it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The trumpet sounds. Everyone bow down and worship Nebuchadnezzar's God. The whole nation bows down and begins to worship his golden God. You know what those three Hebrew dudes did? They stood up and everyone's like, get down. And they said, absolutely not. You know what happened to them? They were thrown into a fire that was put seven times hotter. You want to know what got them through it and got them in it and through it? The fear of the Lord. They didn't care whether Nebuchadnezzar was going to put them in a fire. What they cared about was, how can all of you bow down to that gold image? King Nebuchadnezzar, I want you to know today that if it's your will for us to be thrown into this fire, then so be it. God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't want to deliver us from the fire, so be it today that I will not bow down to your gods. Why? Why would they say that? Because the fear of the Lord was their knowledge and was their wisdom. They weren't going to back down from that. That's it, man. Hey, so you have prayed. And you've been praying. And you've been reading the word. And you haven't felt God lately. Who cares? Because you feeling God does not determine you fearing God. Good excuse. You haven't felt him. Come here. Do you think... When Peter was hung on a cross, like theologians, historians say, do you think when some of them were getting their heads chopped off, burning alive, being ate by lions, do you think when they were being led to the chopping blocks, do you think they were like, man, I, I, fear, I, I feel God right now? Come on. They were in the prison. Eh. They were in the prison. They were in the dungeons. And, and they would pray, Lord, about this time tomorrow, they're going to execute me in front of the whole Colosseum of people. But, Lord, I know I serve a real and living God. And he's able to deliver me from the lion's mouth. And, he, and you're able to set me free from the yoke of Satan. And then the day broke. The guards came and got them. And they're like, God, I believed last night. I was in prayer. He said, those who cry out to you, hear them. What happened? And then they get ate by a lion in a coliseum of thousands of roaring, roaring heathens because this Christian just got killed. Can I ask you a question? Where was God? I'm going to challenge your faith right now. Where was God? Because many Christians die like that while believing that God was going to free them. You have family members that have probably passed while believing they were going to be healed. You had a marriage. By believing, man, where was God? Hmm? Where was God? Because that's not fair. I, I fasted for 40 days. I prayed with my church. We did a prayer chain. And you didn't heal them, Lord. I didn't feel you on this one. I mean, that's when the Lord speaks to our hearts. 
and says, whether you feel me or not does not determine whether you fear me or not. You fear me whether it's black outside or it's clear outside. Because your feeling does not determine your fearing. And then he answers you and he says, you want to know where I was when that person died, when that marriage broke, when this thing happened, when that thing happened? He looks at you and he says, I was there the whole time comforting you, securing you, and you're still alive today. I never left you. I never forsake you. I was never not there. I was never absent. And then he asks us questions. And he says, Rico, it's not really about me being there or not. Watch this. But Rigo, it's about you being there or not. When you were there, was the fear of the Lord there? Because that's all that matters. Is that even biblical? It is. Because scripture says through death or through life, nothing can separate us from the love of God. What is that called? It's the fear of the Lord. So watch this. When you say, what happened to you, Pastor Rigo? You had all this knowledge, and you thought that the Lord was going to heal. You thought the Lord was going to resurrect. You had all this knowledge. You prayed all the right things. You did a prayer chain. What happens now? And I look at you, and I say this. I say, I don't know. But I know I choose to continue to what? I choose to fear the Lord. Because only in fearing the Lord is where my true knowledge and my true wisdom is found. So though I might not see it with my earthly mind right now and understand it right now, I know that in my fear of the Lord, God understands all those things and has them all answered and all understood for me already. I can't stray. I choose to live in the fear of the Lord. So when you question God, God, are you there? You better be careful how you question God. God, are you there? Because God's going to look at you and say, it's not about if I'm there. Son, daughter, are you there? Because what made you fear me was that everyone was healthy in your family. And the minute someone got sick and you lose the fear of the Lord, then that wasn't really fear. You know what that was? That was just feeling. And you had a feeling of the Lord. But what happens then when I got that loved one of yours that you love so much and I just take them away? I want to know right now. Church, are you there? And you ask, what do you mean, God? He says, is the fear of the Lord still established in those moments? Because I believe without a shadow of a doubt that those Christians that were about to die the next day, when they were walking to those executioners, those chopping blocks, those wild boars that would eat corn from their stomachs and eat them from the inside, was not saying, wow, I really feel the Lord right now as they were getting eaten alive. But I bet you there was a fear for God inside of them that allowed them to face that. Allow them to see that eye to eye and recognize, I don't have any knowledge and I have no wisdom of what's going on right now. But I know I can't waver from the fear of the Lord that has all wisdom and all knowledge and all understanding. How many of you could say amen? I feel like ending the message right there. Lord, should I end it? Yeah, I'm going to end it. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I'm going to finish it next week, next time I preach. But the fear of the Lord. And, and I want you guys to, to understand this for a moment. And, and this is what I want to do. 
I want to worship God in song. And pray for our brother who's, who's, in, who's on crutches, but the fear of the Lord is still there. Amen, brother? <laughs> but as we'll, we'll, we'll continue this series, because th- you know what? This is a, this is a good topic to, to continue to expound upon. Amen? So as we meet again, we'll go deeper into it, and we'll study it some more. Because I feel like, this is what I, why I feel. I feel like if I continue, I'm going to rush it, and then I don't want God. I don't think God wants that. I think he really wants to continue to talk about the fear of the Lord. But I think we got a sense of it already. We got a lot of text that we understand this. And when we look at the fear of the Lord today, where do we stand before this God? Where, where do we stand before this awesomeness? Because in my scripture, he calls those out who do not fear him no more. And he says, hey, you all that waver, that do not live in this fear, you're going to call on me and I'm not going to answer. You're going to seek me diligently. I love how he uses the word diligently there. It's going to be true seeking. It's, it's going to be diligent. He could have said falsely. He could have said like half-heartedly. But he said, you're going to seek me diligently. He says, but you're not going to find me. You hated knowledge. And the reason why you hate, you're like, I never hated knowledge. And he's like, you did. Because the way that you hated knowledge was by not choosing to fear the Lord. And that's automatically hating knowledge. Choose to fear the Lord, he's telling us. The people that do not fear me choose not to fear me. They would have none of my correction, none of my rebuke, none of my teachings. They despised everything that I've ever taught them. How many of you have sat under a leadership or sat under a preaching? And sitting under such preaching, you've despised the word of God. You've turned your back on it. And he said, well, I'm not ready for that. Well, that definitely was for him, not for me. And God looks at an individual in this matter and he says, you wouldn't have any of my rebuke. You wouldn't have any of my teaching, any of my counsel. And these kind of people who choose to waver and choose not to accept my word, accept my truth, he says, they're going to eat of their fruit of their own way. Notice this. I don't want to eat from the fruit of my own way. Because have you ever noticed that when you eat of your own fruit, you get sick? Things, get, things go wrong? When you put your hands where God's hands should be in, you start seeing things go sour. Things should have never made a turn that way. And God, God easily says here in, in this chapter, chapter 1, He says they'll eat the fruit, the fruit of their own way. And they will be filled to the full. And I love how the New King James says it. They'll be filled to the full with their own fancies. Your fancy. And you're filled with your own fancies. And because you turned away, he says here in verse 32, when you look at that word in the Hebrew, turning away, it means waywardness. Because you were wayward, because you've wavered, it says the simple, the waywardness of the simple is going to slay them. Do you know what that passage means? The Lord says very clearly, because you continue to live wavering, that wavering lifestyle will eventually kill you. And I read that, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to waver. Today, I'm going to choose to 
fear the Lord. Because I don't want my waverings to fill me. I don't want my own fancies to be filled with them and eat of my own fruit. And that be the destruction of my own life. And then he goes on, he says, but you now. You listen to me, he ends. And as you listen to me, you will dwell safely. And not only dwell safely, but you will be secure. And you will be without fear of evil. Right there where you're sitting, I'm not even going to ask you to stand right now, but right there where you're sitting. If you know that in your life you've been absent of the fear of the Lord, I, I can't give you that, guys. No one in the church could give you that. No one standing around us could say, here, receive some of the fear of the Lord. Now choose to fear Him. As every eye is closed and you're just examining your heart, I want you to put some things in perspective real quick. Have you wavered? Have you wavered from the fear of the Lord and today you've recognized, i got to choose this. I can't live being seduced by silly lies that are not true. They're not facts. They're opinions of man. I got to come back to the word of God and to the presence of God. And I got to come back to the place where I fear the Lord. And in fearing him, all else, all the other fear that lives in me will be no more. I got to come to a place where I've chosen to fear the Lord over what I've chosen to feel. That it doesn't matter whether I feel God today or whether I'll feel Him tomorrow. Because some of us in this room, we're going to go through some dark moments, maybe tomorrow, maybe next month. And I promise you this, church, that if you go through those dark moments with feeling, you will never get out of those dark moments. But if you enter those dark moments with fearing the Lord, man, you're going to walk out there and you're going to get through it and you're going to be made different. Because Lord, I don't live this life feeling, I live this life fearing you. And it doesn't mean I'm shaking in terror or scared or hiding on the covers. But it means that I have such a reverence for your Godship, for your holiness, for your righteousness. That how can I stray away from such awesomeness? How can I stray from such goodness? If I stray, I will be filled from my own fruit. From my own wavering, I will be destroyed. So as you're sitting here today, and you know that God is speaking to your heart, and He's saying, Church, I've called you to choose the fear of the Lord. That you're not moved by feelings, but what moves you is your fearing of Him. As you sit here today, and in your heart you say, that's me. I'm going to ask you just to stand. And be bold before God as you stand. And if you stand up today and say, Lord, that's me. I, feel free to raise your hand. Feel free to open up your heart. Feel free to begin to cry out to Him. But if you stood today and you said, that's me. Today I choose to fear the Lord. I'm going to ask you as we worship the Lord in song. 
that you not do not hold back that you do not be hardened but as you stand you say Lord fill me with this fear that only you can give that I've chosen to chosen to stand in today and that I will walk in this truth all the rest of my days so begin to cry out begin to worship and begin to seek him and let him do a work in you come on church worship him if you're standing today and God is speaking to you worship him undo the veil